You're listening to the Manaverse Podcast, and this is session number 98. All right, welcome to another episode of the Manaverse Podcast. I am your host, Tom Traplin, and today we're going to talk about uh, Wizards' latest announcement of the fact that they are basically dropping professional play. So, a pretty big announcement from Wizards. But before we jump into that, I just wanted to make a quick announcement of my own, I suppose. Uh, So this, we're going to take a look at PublisherGameNights.com. So uh, uh, one of my previous interviews with Molly Zeff, we had a very good conversation about uh, running game nights for retailers and how publishers can run virtual events uh, with inside the store. And it's a great way for publishers to connect directly to customers. And it's a great way for retailers to sell more games. Uh, and kind of create an interesting experience for customers to get to know the publisher and to to try out a new game. So I put together a website in order to connect retailers to publishers who want to host game nights. So uh, if you go to publishergamenights.com and you fill out your information up here at the top, uh, I will... It'll put you on a list, and we will start connecting you with publishers who want to host game nights for their products at your store, or in virtual virtual world at your store, uh, in person eventually. So, uh, yeah, if you're a retailer, go to publishergamenights.com and throw your information in there, join the list, and start connecting with publishers who are interested in hosting virtual game nights at your shop. If you are a publisher and you want to you know, get access to a list of retailers who are interested in selling your products. Uh, if you go to publishergamenights.com, go to the exact same website and go scroll down to the bottom of the page. You will see a button that says click your register, throw your information in there, and we will get you connected with uh, retailers who want to who wanna host game nights. Uh, so just wanted to throw that out there before we jump into things. This is a relatively new site, just started it last week, uh, and we're having some pretty good pretty good excitement and traction on it so far but again uh relatively brand new still working out the kinks if you do sign up uh you know it, it, we're, the process is adapting so just fyi uh so let's jump into the announcement esports transitions and getting back to gathering so uh wizards made this article yesterday may 13th uh, which is uh, today being the 14th obviously and we're just going to quickly read through the article and then talk a little bit about some of the implications as to what it means that wizards is uh, adapting their organized play program and essentially getting rid of high level competitive play all right so as the world looks to a post-covid future so too are we looking forward toward the next iteration of magic's competitive play system one that caps recaptures the magic of the gathering we've all missed so dearly while expanding play opportunities to a wider audience play drives everything we do from your local group or store all the way up through our world championships we aim to refocus on a play system for everyone as the world opens up again and gathering becomes a real possibility so today we're going to explore two things the version the vision for the future focused on fostering magic's explosive player growth creating broader access and opening widespread play opportunities, and the plan to help us transition the current system through the 2021-2022 season and into that future. All right, back to the gathering. Several years back, we made a significant commitment to Magic Esports, introducing the biggest prize pools we've ever had, creating some of the most thrilling events we've had to date, creating a professional-level league, and incorporating digital play in unique and exciting ways that gave viewers a new way to experience Magic. And just as we began forming plans to build on that promise with expanded reach beyond the most elite leagues, COVID sent us back to the drawing board. As a result, we spent quite a bit of time imagining what our post-COVID system is going to look like. 
Well, we're not ready to publish the details for the 2022-2023 season and beyond yet, we did think it was important to share our current thoughts on that future. As we reimagine our play programs, we are holding these truths at the forefront of all of our planning. Uh, so point number one is in-person play is a unique strength for Magic, and we need to lean into that. That means local tournaments, large regional tournaments, and high-level in-person events. Uh, and I would definitely agree with that as a focus for future future organized play structure. Uh, one of the main issues when they announced esports, so when Wizards really came out of the gates and said, we're going to be putting crazy amounts of money towards esports, we're going to make this thing happen, uh, I was initially skeptical, and I think justifiably so, as things turned out. Uh, the issue is, is Magic is a bad esport, frankly speaking. Uh, Magic is not good as a spectator sport. Magic's a great game. It's a great game to play. It's a great game to get into, to, to learn about. Uh, the nuance inside the game, the, the strategy. Like, I, I'm a Magic player, so I really like Magic. I've, I've loved Magic for a very long time. And it's a fantastic game to play, but it is just not very compelling outside of that as a spectator, which makes it just not great as an eSport candidate. So, that, frankly, that's the issue that Magic and Wizards had to overcome, and I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Just It's not going to work. Even with the advances in Magic Arena, in making it a very visually interesting, compelling, good platform for playing the game, even Arena is just not as interesting to watch for an average player or a like and especially for somebody who's not initiated into the game trouble is if you want to be able to appreciate a game of magic you need to learn and understand quite a bit about what is going on you need to have invested into the game already potentially for years before you are capable of watching a game and understanding what is happening, like just as a very basic level, you need to be able to see the cards, understand what all the cards do, and figure out what is happening inside the game and what kind of moves can be made and what you know what sort of strategies are being employed. And that sort of thing, you need to learn a crazy amount to be able to get to that point. But then you'll also need to like but the issue is it's even then it's just not that fun. It's just not that fun, even if you've got that. Like there's the number of people who spent their time watching high-level events and actually like consuming the tournaments live on Twitch and that sort of thing and, and the broadcasts is relatively small compared to the total playing population. People want to play Magic. They do not necessarily want to watch other people play Magic, and that is going to make, uh, make it very difficult to succeed as an eSport, uh, especially when you compare it to other major eSports. There's a reason why games like League of Legends and Counter-Strike and that sort of thing do very well on Twitch, and they do very well as an eSport and have... And like you cannot, there is no way Wizards will ever fill a stadium of people to watch people play Magic. That's just not going to happen. But you could definitely do that with Dota or League of Legends, and it happens frequently. And they have million-dollar prize pools and and that sort of thing. And it's because they can draw in the audience to support that and make it worth the effort. Yeah. So as an esport, just Magic is not not a great great choice so that is going to be something that is always going to be a problem and the fact that they're going back to physical events and refocusing the uh the organized play program on in-person physical experiences i think uh i think reinforces that and 
I think it's a good move. I think it's a smart move on Wizards' part. Physical in-person play, built the game as it was, go back to what worked. I think that's a, I think that's a good move. Point number two, digital play is here to stay, but it's only part of the equation. Uh, we've seen great players rise from the digital ranks, and we've seen what's possible with digital events. Expect the future to hold a mix of digital and in-person events. Like I said, uh, you know, digital is good. Like Magic Arena is a very good piece of software. It's a good way to play the game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of players. It's I'm guaranteed it's a great money maker for Wizards. Uh, so there's no way they're going to get rid of it. But they are probably going to use it more as a complement to what's going on in organized play rather than the platform itself, which I think is a good a, a good way to do it. And I hopefully we see more integration in terms of the local game store and arena and Wizards encouraging uh, cooperation between the two because uh, one of the main issues with Magic Online and Magic Arena is that it somewhat cannibalizes a bit of the local game store audience, uh, right? A lot of players who would normally spend money buying cards transition to online because it's more convenient and it's easier to play and you can play uh, draft at two in the morning if you wanted to. Uh, which is just really not possible for your average local game store. Uh, so I'm sure there were a lot of players who made that transition to digital and it just kind of like never came back. But if they do more uh, more cooperation, more collaboration kind of events where you you play in line and it gives you you get promo stuff for the uh, from the game store, or you play in an F and M in a game store and you get some sort of special sleeves or uh, you know a little avatar or something like that on in arena, and kind of creating those sort of cross connections would be a really a good move going forward. Uh, point number three: accessibility is important, and that means broader access to play. We're looking at everything from local events and the success of command fests to creating even more levels of play that are open to a broader swath of players. A larger audience means more types of events. Uh, again, so I think. This is another good point, and this is something that uh, I think exemplifies as to what the real <laughs> the real reason is to what's going on here. Uh, the top level stuff, the high level, most elite levels of play, uh, were a very tiny, tiny fraction of a fraction of the overall playing population. Right, the number of people competing at the highest levels was just minuscule compared to the number of people playing in an FNM or something like that. The Issue with that is that it's just, again, when it's not compelling, when it's not interesting, and it doesn't really drive anything in terms of sales for the product, sales for the company, uh, so why do it? What is What are they getting out of having this, you know, sustained, you know, high, uh, <laughs> extremely expensive organized play program that really only serves 200 people? You know, what, what are they getting out of it? So a push towards more, uh, not say lower level, but more casual style events along the lines of a pre-release, uh, makes a lot of sense. And I think that's a, a, a good thing overall for players as well as uh, local game stores, as we'll see. Uh, so point number four is we need to be patient. While we're optimistic for a future we, we can gather, we also have to be realistic that high-level magic tournaments combine travel, close contact indoors, and sharing airspace for long periods of time, all traits that create difficulties during pandemic. We will focus on local, regional, and digital events until we can safely gather. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a good point right there. Focus on local, regional, and digital events until we can safely gather. So local and regional, that's going to be a major point going forward. Uh, but yes, at some point in the future, you know, 2,000 people gathered into a convention center to play cards. That'll happen again at some point. Uh, it might be a while, hopefully sooner rather than later. But for now, that's not going to be part of the uh, part of the plan. 
And then point number five is flexibility is important as we reestablish tabletop play. Our system may need regular updating as play and travel become safer. So, uh, you know, things will change. Get ready for the changes. Uh, don't count on anything staying the same for too long as things go back to normal. Uh, you know, changes without, with or without notice will happen. And all that means that we are itching to get back to large celebrations. I think that's a key point right there in the Magic community. But we will wait until it's safe to do so. Celebrations rather than tournaments, I think, is an interesting uh, interesting choice of word. So that's something to keep note. And this is where it really makes the, uh, the big drop. Big drop of the hammer here. So the 2021-2022 season. Before we can implement our new vision for play, we need to successfully transition from the current system in the upcoming season. The 2021-2022 season's primary goals are to sunset the current system of play and allow us the freedom and flexibility to create a new play system for the future. Along the way, the season will see a reduced number, a total number of events for our rivals and Magic Pro Leagues. All of this will culminate in a post-season play and a world championship. And while we are excited for these events, this structure is not meant to be a template for the future. Uh, so I know that quite a few, well, they, chances are Wizards contacted most of the people in the Pro League and the rivals and, and, and the other uh, high-level competitive players and told them that this was coming down the pipe, that they shouldn't expect for a professional magic player to be a uh, sustainable economic choice in the future for them. Uh, so here's what this is going to look like. The existing set championship structure will remain in place. We'll be increasing the prize pool and updating the prize structure compared to the strict saving championship. Set championships will feature prize pools of $450,000 per event over three events. Uh, league weekends in the gauntlet will not be run in 2021 to 2022. And this will be the final season for the Magic Pro and Rivals Leagues. Players will not be competing for another league season. Instead, they'll be competing for a place in the World Championship, and the World Championship will feature a prize pool of $250,000. So that's essentially the announcement right there. That's the core of it, right? Is that the the leagues, uh, they, they essentially failed. They did not provide the marketing push and the, the boost and the benefit that Wizards had hoped that they would. Again, I think a part of that is just because uh, as an esports, it's just not that great. It's just not that interesting. Uh, but that's the end for the Magic Pro League. So as the end of the year, that's basically, that's, that's that. Uh, individual event details will be shared as we move close to those events. Total player fees will remain unchanged. Uh, we will also be using the transition season to update our digital qualification pass. And that is something I don't really want to make a point of in a second. Uh, as we move back toward a more open, less top-heavy system, we are looking to potentially reflect that in our digital qualification options. So stay tuned. Uh, so that is a definite improvement. One of the things that uh, I wanted to note is that as a Magic player, I've been playing since 5th edition, so I've been playing for a long time. Uh, or what feels like a very long time to me, anyways. Uh, when I started playing the... Uh, the format, the path to high-level play, was relatively simple. It was very easy to understand. As a new novice player, it was very clear for me to say, "Oh, I'm, I'm playing in, you know, my FNMs. I'm playing in random uh, regional events that occur in the area. Uh, if I want to get to like the next level, what I need to do is I need to go to a PTQ. I need to win that PTQ, and then I need to go to the Pro Tour." And then I need to win it, or you know, do well at the Pro Tour in order to keep going to the Pro Tour. And that was essentially the path. That's the path up the mountain to the peak. Uh, that completely changed over time. Like that, that gradually became more convoluted, and the path became less clear as to what you needed to do in order to achieve a, like a really high level of play. 
by simplifying these things, and I, I know it says digital qualification right here. I think that's an improvement in itself because uh, the digital qualification path is so convoluted and like I'm relatively plugged into this sort of thing and I find it convoluted. So I can't imagine what the average player thinks when they, you know, they're, they, they're hearing all of these different events and all these different leagues and all these different tournaments. And they're like, well, how do I participate in this? Oh, you can't, well, you got to get an invite or, uh, how do you, how do you qualify for this sort of thing? When you have to do, uh, research, like actual, like in-depth looking into how to qualify for something that that's just another obstacle for people to be like, I don't, that's just not enough. It's just, it's too difficult. It's too complicated. I don't care that much. You know, I'm happy just playing in my regional events and just kind of like winning my local stuff. So uh, making the path to qualify, the path to ascend up the mountain makes a lot of, or making it simpler makes a lot of sense. I would definitely appreciate that as a player, as somebody who's uh, involved in the game. That would be, that would make me very happy. And I think from a, uh, an owner perspective, I think that is something that has been missing for a long time. So like I said, when, when I started playing Magic, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have a similar experience, when you started playing, it was very easy to understand what you needed to do in order to achieve things. And as an average player, you can see that. You can see that and you can aspire to do it, uh, which might actually in, in turn uh, generate more interest in coming out to events and becoming better and learning the skills and, and understanding the strategies and that sort of thing. So it actually it created the effect that it was supposed to do as a marketing strategy. Uh, but as it is now, uh, it's just too disconnected from things that the average player just doesn't care. Or at least that's my, my impression. And by simplifying things, I think uh, Wizards understands that. Uh, so what comes next? So this is uh, just the final bit. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some of the implications as to what it means for uh, game stores. So what comes desk? next? The Gathering. That's our guiding star as we look into the future. Uh, we aim to return to in-person play as soon as safely possible. And Wizards did make the announcement that they are opening up sanctioned play again at the end of the month. Uh, obviously, you know, local regulations to apply, so uh, take that as it is. But Wizards is taking steps to bring things back to normal as far as that goes. Uh, we hope that sooner rather than later. In the meantime, we'll be working toward a flexible transition to something that feels more familiar, interesting, and features something we've all been missing, sitting across the table from someone playing Magic. So like I said, uh, the physical playing of the game, playing Magic in person with real cards across the table from somebody, that is what made the game what it is. So a return to what works makes a lot of sense, and I think that is a good move, again, for Wizards to push. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, don't abandon digital entirely, but go back to what worked in the first place, because I think, especially now, especially after a year and a half, almost, depending on where you live, of uh, isolation, quarantine, and uh, just general <laughs> general reduction in uh, you know physical interactions. Uh, people are going to be craving that sort of thing. They are going to want to come out to the game stores, and they're going to be they're going to love. They're going to want to play in person with people, see their friends, uh, or see new friends. Hopefully, meet new people. Uh, that yeah, that's going to be a big push once things start to open up again because there are a lot of people who really miss that sort of thing uh and i'm sure plenty of people will tell you that they are it's it's killing them that they can't do that sort of thing that they can't uh, can't go out and socialize and once that makes a comeback it's going to make a comeback hard so uh, what does this mean for local game stores i think overall this is going to be a really positive change i think 
there's going to be a lot of people who are salty about this, who are at the top level, who are not going to be happy about the fact that they can no longer expect to be professional players and they they can't uh, they can't just play magic as a career choice, as a career option. I'm sure those people are not going to be super happy about this change. Uh, but again, that's a very small subsection of the population. And I think, frankly, I don't think it is a reasonable expectation for that to be the case. The whole thing about it is that organized play is a marketing strategy for Wizards and for game stores. Uh, for Wizards, the Pro Tour, all of the accompanying events, all of the qualifiers, all the structure, all the mar- all of the uh, the broadcast team, all of that stuff is a marketing expense. It's a marketing strategy. And if you're not getting an ROI on your marketing, then you're going to stop doing it. And there's no reason for them to continue pushing it. And I, I think this ties back into the original point of uh, when the path to the Pro Tour, when it was a very simple path, uh, there were people who were being driven that. Uh, that inspired people to play more because it was easy for you to say, for a typical Magic player to see themselves at that point where they're like, oh, if I keep putting in the work and I keep uh, keep playing and I keep putting in time in these tournaments, eventually I'm going to win. I'm going to be up there on the podium someday. Uh, that actually generated sales. The way things are now is there is no, or the way things are as of right now, and obviously they're changing. Up until this point, there was no clear path. There was a, the disconnect kind of, force that to not be the same not be the case uh, so i'm i, I don't know for sure because i haven't seen the numbers but i would guess that this format and the way that they've been doing things has not generated the results that they were hoping and this is why things are changing and professional players they're not there uh wizards isn't in the business to employ you you know if you're not bringing in people and you're not inspiring them to buy magic and buy wizards products then you know it's just not going to happen anymore so i i understand that if you've been a professional magic player for a length of time and you've you know it's come to be part of your identity which you know it tends to do uh, i can see why you'd be unhappy with this change or you'd be disappointed or you you know concerned or or what have you uh, but i think for the vast majority of, of magic players i think this will be a positive change and i think for Local game store owners, this is going to be a good thing overall, especially if Wizards does put in the effort to really focus on local events and regional events and kind of flatten things down so that the average player really becomes the focus rather than high-level competitive play. Uh, so, yeah, future versions of the program will probably be simplified. Again, we don't know all the details yet. The details coming. All we know is that things are closing up as of the end of the year. Uh, but once, if things do become simplified uh, and they really do make that path a little bit clearer, then hopefully that recaptures that original sense of, you know, achievability and like aspiration that the av- that really makes the average player excited to play the game and to buy new cards and, and participate and, and uh, organize play because that's something that they can actually see themselves achieving. Uh, and then also with a renewed focus on regional stuff and local events, hopefully that means that there will be more uh, opportunities for game stores to run different kinds of events that draw a different sort of uh, magic player population, uh, uh, a different sort of player. So like uh, think of the command fests and that sort of thing, right? Not everybody is a high level competitive player. Not everybody wants to compete uh, 
in the most cutthroat way possible. Some people just want to play their command deck or commander deck and, you know, do crazy combos and, and fun, have fun things with their friends. And if there is a way to turn that into an organized play program where Wizards encourages it and they make everything work well and it's clear and it's easy and it's uh, easy to uh, understand, then I think that's just going to be good stuff all around for the local game stores. Uh, that is that's essentially the the announcement. Uh, there's a couple more uh, articles written about it, a couple more tweets from uh, people exploring the idea. But that's basically it for this announcement. If you have any questions, you know, I'd, I'd be uh, if you have any thoughts. Let's say that if you have any thoughts on Wizards' announcement ending the professional high-level elite play and, and transitioning into something new. Uh, I would love to hear it. So uh, this is going to be on YouTube. If you're on YouTube and you're watching this, uh, drop a comment and let me know what you think about Wizards getting rid of professional play. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Uh, you know, What are your thoughts on it? Uh, and if you're listening to this on the podcast, then uh, go to maniversaga.com and, uh, and let me know. Uh, drop a comment on the, uh, on the show notes. Uh, links to the articles will be there. Uh, so you can check them out yourself. And uh, that's it for this episode of the Maniverse Podcast. Uh, again, I will reiterate, if you are a local game store owner and you want publishers to host game nights at your store, go to publishergamenights.com and sign up and get your store on the list and get get, a, get publishers coming to your store to sell their products. And I think that is, a, is, is something that will be really beneficial. Uh, and if you are interested, that's all you got to do is, uh, is connect your information there. And if you are a publisher and want to get on the list, go to the same thing, publishergamenights.com. Sign up, get your info in there, and then I will, uh, I will connect you to retailers who want, want your games in their store. All right, that's it for this episode. I will talk to you again next time.